This is the Find Your Focus podcast with Goals Classroom. We chat with inspiring and creative entrepreneurs to encourage, empower, and equip you to take the next steps in your photography business. We want you to leave each episode with actionable steps so that you can gain confidence, book your calendar, and earn more income with your passion. So grab some coffee or your drink of choice and let's get to it. everyone. I'm Logan Fay and the host of the Find Your Focus podcast with Cole's Classroom. Today, I'm talking to Shalonda Chaddick. She is a family photographer who creates fun sessions like you have never seen before. Every session that Shalonda does is filled from start to finish with games and prompts. Even the dads can't help but have fun. Her style puts her clients at ease, which results in genuine smiles and laughs. Something that I really love about this interview is that she tells us some of her favorite games and prompts that we can use in our sessions right away. I'm pretty sure I was smiling during this entire interview just listening to her talk about how much fun her sessions are. Let's dive into this interview with Shalanda. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi. Yay. So first of all, I have to say the photos from your sessions are so much fun. I follow you on Instagram and just it makes me so happy to to see your photos. I personally love your indoor Christmas tree photos. (laughs) Those are a big fave. Yep. They it's amazing. I bought the the holiday PDF that uh-huh. you have, yeah, and everything on how to do those Christmas tree photos last year. And it definitely helps to know exactly how to get that perfect lighting for those photos. It's crazy. It's crazy that I started doing those with just for my kids when they were babies. And then it just exploded into so much for clients. And then finally to be able to make a guide and tell other photographers how to do it. And now seeing like these types of sessions all over is neat. It's so neat every year. Oh, that's so much fun. So can you tell me about how you got into photography? Okay. So I think getting into photography for me was not something that I ever envisioned I would do. I was always creative. Like growing up as a kid, I always like, I thought that I would, it's kind of like a running joke because I thought that I would be, you know, when you're like six, seven, eight, and you're like, what am I going to be when I grow up? Well, I thought I was going to be like a wedding dress designer. Cause I used to have this like little purple spiral notebook that I would just draw all these wedding dresses And the joke was on me though, because I can't draw. (laughs) I am not an artist (laughs) when it comes to drawing. So that didn't actually happen, obviously. But like I always had, I was just always creative. My parents always had plenty of glue, glitter, markers. I was an only child growing up. My brother wasn't, my parents didn't have another child until I was 15. So the majority of my childhood was me and my parents. So being creative was kind of like, sounds kind of sad, but that was like my sibling, you know, was just (laughs) drawing and coloring and all that stuff. So I was, was always creative. And then I went to college and I decided to kind of be a grown up and stop like living in the magic of childhood and got an engineering degree, which is probably the most, the least creative degree (laughs) that you could choose. Right. But I did, I went for that at Texas A&M, whoop, got that little engineering degree. And then started off in the real world and had normal real world sales jobs, but I never really like took the approach of selling that like a normal person took. I think I always, I feel like I've never really grown up. I'm kind of like Peter Pan. I've always just looked at life through like a kid filter. So anytime I was, so I was always selling all my jobs were selling sales related. Like I was a pharmaceutical rep for many, many years. And I 
always did really creative things to sell rather than just go in and spit out facts and information. I tried to think of like fun ways to share the information with the consumer. So I would like, well, it's kind of, this would take us too long to go through, but I did a lot of fun, creative (laughs) things. I didn't just go in and sell. Mm -hmm. And then, and I loved that. I loved my job. I loved what I did. And then I, like most people these days, like most photographers these days, like new ones, I had my first daughter and couldn't leave her. I just couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. So I decided I was going to stay home with her. And when you're a new mom, I think you realize very quickly that your kid's growing up so fast, right? It seems so fast at that time. Like they changed so much that first year, first couple years of life. So I started just capturing her during the day with just a normal like Sony point and shoot camera, like no big deal mm-hmm. because I was like forgetting, like I was like, I'm missing. I forgot what she did yesterday, today. So it I needed to capture so it. fast. Right. <laughs> So I was using that little Sony for just a couple months. And then the first, my very first Mother's Day, my husband got me a good old Canon XTI. And the reason that I ended up getting that camera was because I was very aware of the limitations of the point and shoot. Like she was moving, you know, when she started rolling over and things like that, and you can control the shutter speed or you couldn't control, well, I didn't know what it was at the time, but you couldn't (laughs) control what the camera was doing to capture what you wanted to get. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I, he got that camera for me and I never put that camera on auto. I put that camera on manual from the day I got it. And I, just learned everything about that camera that I could possibly learn. So basically all night when she was up, I was up researching on the internet, holding my little baby, researching how to do this, that, and the other with this camera, learning what shutter speed, aperture, and ISO were, learning those things. Because I had no previous knowledge of photography at all. Like I was that person that like, if you, oh, you're too young, but Back in the day before cell phones, okay, <laughs> back in the day before everyone had a camera on their cell phone, if you would go to like Fiesta Texas or Disney or whatever, you know, theme park, and people would be like, oh, can you take our picture? They would hand you a point and shoot type camera. And I used to always say, oh, no, 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 you don't want me to do it. I probably would like cut your head off or something. Like, I don't know how to use that. <laughs> so I was always so like resistant to even like touching a camera that it was kind of funny to me how it snowballed so quickly into like this just need for knowledge. Yeah. So I spent so much of her first year night times rocking her and learning that camera and then daytimes doing everything I could to try to put into play what I had learned the night before. So that is kind of how I even picked up a camera, right? So my kids are like the reason that I picked up a camera, but then of course, just like most people, it just moved very quickly to like people seeing your pictures and saying, Oh, can you take a picture? Would you take pictures of my kid? Or, you know, taking like neighbors, seeing that, seeing what you're doing and wanting pictures. So it just kind of snowballed really quickly into that. Yeah. And then it just exploded <laughs> for yeah. me. So I've been doing this for such a long time, which is so crazy because I mean, back before when I started with the XTI and with when my daughter was born, there were not the things like Cole's classroom or, you know, all these things that you have on all these, the access to all this information in one place, it right. was just not around back then. It is crazy how many resources are out there for photographers now. It's pretty amazing. I know. It's great. 
I'm totally jealous <laughs> because I just had to figure it out. There was no one to tell me, no one to help me. But sometimes, you know, for me personally, that's kind of how I learn best anyways. Like I'm the person that like, if you give me your address and I put it in Google maps, I'm never going to know how to get to your house again if I don't put it in Google maps. So like I have to actually figure it out on my own in order for it to stick. So it probably makes sense that that was the way that it worked for me. But yeah, I'm totally jealous of all the information that's available now because there's just so much good information available now. There is. There really is. So do you absolutely love what you do now compared to, I guess, your past life? <laughs> I mean, I loved all my sales jobs. My first sales job right out of college, I actually, I told you I moved to Milwaukee and I sold like, I actually was actually more engineering based. I sold motors and drives and that type of I mean, like everything for like an assembly line, you know, anything for like a manufacturing line. I sold that stuff and that was fun. I like the selling. I like the business aspect of photography, probably even more so than the photography side. I just love the business side of life, but I do love what I do. I like that it's allowed me to do so many things that I never would have imagined. I mean, we went last year, over the last couple of years, I've spoken at a lot of conferences and taught a lot. and. I have been able to take my family with me to places like everything from Tahoe to other states in the United States. But all last summer, we actually went all the way to Italy and spent two weeks in Italy because I was speaking at a conference there. And then we stayed and just kind of went on adventures. So I don't believe that I would have been able to do those types of things with my <laughs> family if I had still had my old job. So I guess I would say, yeah. I mean, it's definitely tricky to be your own boss, but, um, sure. <laughs> but you know, things like that happen and you're just like, wow, I can't believe all of this came from just me picking up a camera, you know, 13 years ago and not knowing anything about it. Like that's when I think about it like that, it like, it's just crazy to me. <laughs> it really is. It is. I feel the same way. I went from being an elementary school teacher to having my son and 10 months in getting pregnant again and realizing that I <gasps> wanted to capture, you know, just everything to do with my kids. Wait, so how far apart are your kids? They're 19 months apart. <gasps> I My girls are 18 months apart. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. Listen, the first two years you were like probably thinking you were not going to make it. And then after yeah. that, it's like, oh my gosh, I get it. Thank you, Jesus. I yes. totally get it. Thank you. This is so amazing now. And yes. now my girls are, my oldest is 13. My youngest just turned 11. I mean, 12. So they're Sounds like they're a year apart, but they're not, you know, because it just depends on when their birthdays are. Right. But, so right now they're 12 and 13 and it is incredible that Aww. they're so close in age, especially during quarantine. It's been nice because they're not on two different sides of the spectrum. They're together, you know? Exactly. Like, Yes, I can 100% relate. So before we start talking about the actual session, is there anything in particular that you do before the session that helps it run more smoothly? Right. So yes. So as far as, well, okay, can I say two like side note things and then I'm probably going to say, remind me what your question is. <laughs> I think yep. two side note things that are really important to me and like that I think need to, I need to say is First of all, I shoot real families. I shoot real people every day, normal, real families. I don't shoot a lot of models. I don't shoot models. Even when I do workshops, I still, or I come and I speak at conferences, I still ask that I get a real family. I don't want a model family. I don't shoot a lot of photographers. Like I shoot just real life people that come in every, you know, variety. Families come in every variety. 
so I say that first because the games and stuff that I play, I think, and then the, just the way that I run my session is pretty much based on the fact that these are just real people that they don't really know a lot about photography. Mm -hmm. And then the people that I shoot, like they want to see their family happy and smiling and loving each other. I know everyone wants that, but I feel like the photography community, like when you're shooting a photographer's family, like photographers have a much better idea of how to move their bodies and their families. And they're a little bit more like they can, they have like more emotive, you know what I'm saying? Like they're a little bit more emotive. So regular old people just don't do that. Like they just don't, they just don't know, you know, sometimes you get lucky, but they just don't. But anyway, so yes. So the way that my process works, it seems kind of like bossy, if you will, but it's not, it's just because most people rely on you as the professional to help them along the way because they just don't know what they need to do. So the very first thing I do is I start with a phone conversation. I don't book anyone over the internet. Everyone that books a session with me has talked to me on the phone one or multiple times prior to booking. So lots of phone conversations, lots of connections, because the thing is like, you need to know if they're the right client for you just as much as they need to know if you're the right photographer for them. There are a lot of choices in this photography world now for clients. So you need to make sure that y'all are a great fit. So that's why I'm really stressed talking on the phone. The second thing I do is they get two questionnaires from me. They get a questionnaire that's like a getting to know you questionnaire that they don't have to fill out right away. It takes about 10 minutes for them to fill out. It's a little bit more thought. And then they get a questionnaire on clothing because I do think that I always say control the things that you can control. You can't control if the kid's going to be cranky or if the dad's going to be missing his favorite football team game that day. Like you can't control that. Well, you can, but most of the time the mom doesn't control. You know what I mean? She's not going to worry about that if that's the only date you have, but you can only control so much. So I always really stress that those are things you need to control. Mm -hmm. Clothing is one of the things that you can control. So I'm very, very hands-on when it comes to clothing with and styling for my clients. They need help. So I want to help them. I don't just want to leave it up to chance. (laughs) That's a risky little game. (laughs) So they get those questionnaires. Then I come back and I use the answers and I start styling them. I used to style clients just one at a time, like going through the internet. And now just like the resources for learning your camera have increased, the resources for styling your clients have increased. And there's so many options that we can utilize. So I use style and select and I will style my clients that way. Some of them I just style like old school, like I used to, it just kind of depends on their answers. And then the shoot, the shoot is such a big part, but such a small part of the process, I think. But so then the shoot and then the end, I don't meet them in person in the end because I have two kids that are really busy and the majority of my clients are really busy. So everything's online at that point, but we've had multiple phone conversations and we can, sometimes we still do when it comes to like what to do with their actual images in the end. But I actually have two types of family shoots. So that also kind of steers where the session goes. So can you walk us through kind of how a normal family session goes for you? Like some of the prompts you use and that kind of stuff? Right. Okay. So 
like I said, I have two different types of family shoots that I do that I offer. The first one is just a simple shoot. So that's just like what you would think of, or the general public would think of when they think of a family photo shoot. It's just, we meet at a park or, you know, some outdoor public location hour and a half before sunset. Maybe I bring a blanket. Usually I bring a blanket, but that's about it. I don't bring a ton of props or anything like that. Just a blanket and them. So that's the first type of session. The second one is what I call happy place session. So obviously these sessions are much different, right? So the answer to your question is kind of different as well, but I won't take all your time. But the happy place session is a little bit more of like a lifestyle session infused with fun. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're all fun, but it's more like people do best in a scenario or people are most comfortable in a scenario where they're actually doing things. So happy place sessions are perfect for families that don't, they want a couple smiley pictures, but they also want like more interaction. They really want to just tell the story of their families. So like an example of a happy place session I've done a ton, but I've done them everywhere from my clients on their boats, like on the lake, to lake houses, to their kitchens, baking pancakes or muffins or, you know, to like a day in the life type session. I mean, it's kind of like like that, but on a smaller scale because I'm not with them for like eight hours in the day. I'm still only with them for a couple hours, but we're shooting something that they love. I've done one at the zoo, the Houston Zoo, because this family is like seasoned pass holders and they love the zoo. So we did a shoot in the zoo, like anything goes for happy place sessions, but giving people things to do is really what makes it so fun. So as far as like prompts, that's what you asked me, right? Yes, <laughs> I yes, told you, so I go off on so many tangents. You were I'm totally sorry. fine. So prompts or even some of the games that you play during those sessions to get so those all real, okay. real, you know, raw images from the family. So all of my sessions are a series of games. No matter what type of session you choose, we're going to play a series of games throughout the shoot because kids have the most fun of any age, right? Like I shoot kids that are little and then I shoot kids that are all older now because a lot of my clients, I would say like 75 to nine, maybe 75 to 80% of my clients have stayed with me from the very beginning when their kids were little. So now their kids are like my kids. They're like 11, 12, 13 years old and I've been shooting them all these years. So no matter what age your kid is, if they have games and things to do during the shoot, they're all going to be, everyone's emotions are going to be a lot more authentic. So, okay. So would you rather is a great, easy. So I have a lot of games that I play, but these are like the couple that are just off the top of my head that I can describe without showing you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so would you rather is super fun. Everyone remembers how to play that. Right. So would you rather is a great one when they're, it's a good, like bring everybody in, bring everybody down. It's like, so you can sit down, you can sit them however you want, like on your blanket, or they could be playing on the boat, whatever, you know, but it's a good one to kind of bring everybody in close and you're just constantly, you set them where you want them. And then just constantly throwing out questions. Would you rather swim in a pool of jello or in a pool of chocolate pudding? Would you rather eat with your toes or walk with your hands? Would you rather eat fried worm sandwich or a pickle ice cream? Like, just constantly throwing out like boom, 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 just just peppering them with constant questions like that. Sometimes they laugh. Sometimes they all start talking about it. You have to be able to kind of go with the flow, right? Of like, if they start laughing and start joking, then you just stop and you just sit back and keep shooting. Another good one is the guessing game. This is a good one for kind of middle-aged 
I guess it works for somewhat younger kids, but they have to obviously be able to answer. This is a good one because it kind of puts the focus on like one person at a time. So like having everybody in together, whether they're standing, squished in together or sitting and then saying, okay, on the count of three, everybody say what mom's favorite ice cream is. Or on the count of three, everybody say what dad's favorite color is. And it never fails. Nobody ever gets it right. (laughs) Maybe one person gets it right, but somebody always messes up and then everyone laughs. So it's easy, quick laughs that way. And again, you're not having to move them a lot because one thing that I know is when you're playing games all the time and like you're just constantly going like from game to game to game, it really amps up the energy of the session. And so with younger kids, you can really lose them like quick, like, and they just start going like crazy time. So you have to be able to, like, I have a series of games that are like, bring everybody down games and like get everybody hyped up because then they're obviously at the very beginning, it's uncomfortable for people, right? Like you're, I always say, people can have the most genuine smiles. Like you can be, get out of your car and I can be talking to you and we can be having the best conversation and you look so cute and you're smiling, you're loving your baby. And then all of a sudden I pick up my camera and put it in front of my face and you freeze or you give me this really weird smile. So the beginning, you need the games and sometimes you need kind of the amp up games. So follow the leader. That's a good movement game. Movement's the key, honestly. It's that movement and like giving them tasks are the key to getting people to forget that your camera is there. Because yes. once they're aware of that camera, that weird smile, <laughs> that weird, scary smile comes and they're like, people are like Ricky Bobby and Talladega Nights and they don't know what to do with their hands. And so movement is the key. Yeah. So follow the leader is easy. And plus little kids always want to be the leader. Follow the leader one direction, then switch and somebody else is the leader. So if you have two siblings that both want to be the leader, they end up both being the leader. <laughs> Dancing, tickles, wiggle, like those normal things that everyone plays are super easy. But yeah, those are a few. Sorry. I told you, man, I talked too long. (laughs) You were totally fine. I love incorporating games just because it sometimes gets the dad to forget that he's at a photo session. Right. Usually I get the most, you know, dads can be a little hesitant during photo sessions. So if you get them moving and having fun and they're seeing their kids laugh, they kind of get lost in that moment and forget that they're actually at a photo session. Yeah. You know, I always think that my biggest tip with dads, my thing with dads, I think that dads, they secretly want to be at photo shoots sometimes. Mm -hmm. They just don't realize it. So we have to convince them of that. And so I think a lot of times the reason that dads get out of the car and they're grumpy isn't because they don't necessarily want to be there, but it's because they don't necessarily know what's about to happen. Because mm-hmm. if you think about it, most of the time, the mom is the one that calls us and books the session with us. And I have all these conversations with her and we're clothing texts and da, 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 and all this is with her. So really the first time he comes into contact with me is when he gets out of the car for the shoot and he doesn't feel like he knows what's about to happen. So if that's the case, then that's going to make anybody grumpy. I mean, I wouldn't right. be feel I wouldn't feel very comfortable. So I try really hard when the dad gets out of the car I go over to him and I'm very clear, like, Hey, this is how we're going to do this. Like we're going to start over here and we're going to do this. Then we're going to go over there. We're going to do in that little area. We're going to do this. We're going to go under that tree and blah, blah, blah. And don't worry. I'm going to tell you exactly what to do and how to do it. You don't even have to think about it. He just needs to know that he's not expected to be there and take the lead because Mm -hmm. he feels like he has no idea what's about to happen. So that's just, I think that's a lot of the times why dads kind of show up to shoots and they're 
not in the greatest mood. They may be missing their favorite football team game, but I try to make sure moms don't book on those days. (laughs) Yeah, not a good idea. (laughs) But I love that you brought that up because I haven't ever really thought of it that way. But like you said, like we, for the most part, are communicating with the mom. Right. They know what to expect. They know what's going to happen for the most part. But I mean, I can totally understand how, like if I bring my husband to a photo session, like he doesn't know what to expect. He doesn't know what's going to happen. So I love that you brought that up. Yeah. High five. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So besides preparing the dad, what are some of your go-to tricks for dealing with like stubborn kids or dads or even moms? So I guess because people kind of know what to expect from a session with me, because the majority of my clients they, I mean, I get a ton from new clients from Google, but the majority of my clients come from referrals from other clients. Mm -hmm. So I feel like people really come to me with the knowledge, the moms at least come to me with the knowledge of like what my work looks like. So they have a pretty good idea of like how things are going to go. So I don't really feel like moms are ever grumpy. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe they are, but I must not get them. Kids, as far as kids, right? Like there's for sure grumpy kids. My biggest tip with little kids, kids like toddlers, right? My biggest tip with toddlers, toddlers that maybe don't want to sit still, or maybe they're shy and they want to sit still, right? This, this is like my one go-to trick. It works for every kind of kid, no matter what, and it gets them to do something. So I have like these little googly eyed monster stickers that I get from Target. You can get them at Amazon. You can get them anywhere. I mean, you can get whatever you want. It doesn't matter what the sticker is, but I carry these stickers with me in my camera bag and I if I have a kid that's really like shy or hesitant to move or moving too much, again, it works for either kind. I take one of those stickers and I stick it on the ground. Like maybe if we're on like a bridge, I shoot at like this really cool, like old bridge, or maybe we're out and there's like a log. I'll stick that sticker on the log and I'll have that kid. I always say, Oh, did you see that monster? Okay. Go sit on that monster's face or go stomp on that monster's head. You better get that. And it gets every kind of kid to where I want them to be in the scene sitting or standing, whatever I'm asking them to do, but it works every time. So that's like my biggest trick with toddlers is again, it seems to kind of be the same thing. Movement is key, but directional movement. You know what I mean? Like you can't just have people just running all over the place. And that's the thing. Like we can't just walk into a shoot and say, okay, everybody have fun because inevitably everybody's going to scatter. (laughs) (laughs) So that's why I think the like constantly playing that series of games and prompts like that kind of keep everyone in a general space and in the light that you want, right? Yes, for sure. Did that answer your question? It did. Yes. Okay, good. Yeah. I think I might have to make the drive to Houston and just book a session with you guys. It's, it oh, sounds no, no, girl. Fun. I'm coming back to Austin. Last year I did travel Texas for my minis and I shot in all the major cities. So I'm coming back to Austin in a couple months. I already know where I'm shooting again because it was so fun last time. So I will be looking out for that. (laughs) (laughs) So if our listeners want to follow you on social media, where can they find you? So I have obviously Facebook and Instagram and it's just chubby cheek photography. That's me, chubby cheek. Don't do that second at, don't do chubby cheeks. Everyone always says that. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not going to take you to a site you want to go to. It's chubby cheek photography. But yeah, Instagram that, Facebook's that. I opened up TikTok at the beginning of quarantine to see what it was all about, but we haven't really done much with it yet. My girls, they don't have social media, so they've been exploring TikTok with me, and we have a whole list of ideas of things that we can do on TikTok that are going to help photographers, because I can see how it could be um, really beneficial for photographers to kind of branch over to that 
particular social media platform. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to learn it all, figure it all out. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely different than I've, I haven't explored too much, but it's definitely different than Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. And tell us a little bit before we hop off, tell us a little bit more about your course that you have for sessions. For Okay. So I'm actually speaking at multiple events this year at Reset Conference. Well, hopefully a Reset and Imaging this year and both asked me to speak on a topic that is a lot about what we talked about and is a topic that I spoke about in Italy at the Italian conference. And I actually have a guide about it, which is why I think everyone like came to the conclusion that they wanted me to speak about this, but it's the <laughs> fun, having fun at family sessions, because again, the more fun we have, the more fun our clients are having and vice versa. So I actually have a lot of guides in my Chubby Cheek Photography shop, but which is just from my website. You can find the shop from my website, but I do have one in particular that's the, my top five easiest to implement games for your session and they work with any type of family in any location. So a good thing about, it's not just like a PDF that gives you like, here's the prompts written. It's actually live footage from real sessions with real clients of me. So you can hear exactly how I set up the game and then exactly how it happens when I ask them to do it. So it's like an hour of video footage of sessions, different, various different families in various different games in different locations. Just so you can see that whether you live in the mountains or you live on the beach or you live in green Houston, which has nothing but green grass, then you could implement these games and still get really fun images for your clients that are authentic to them and tell their story. So behind the scenes, things like that are always so helpful to actually see someone doing it. So hopefully our listeners go check that out and learn more about how to have fun during sessions. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Yay. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Find Your Focus podcast with Cole's Classroom. I hope that you got some great takeaways from this episode that you can apply to your business. Make sure to visit colesclassroom.com backslash podcast for the show notes and any links that we talked about during this episode. If you like this episode, head over to iTunes and tap that five-star button and leave us a review.